are Locked On Tigers, your daily Detroit Tigers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, everybody, we are back for another episode of Locked On Tigers. I am your host, Scott Benley. Today is Thursday, June 24th, 2021, and we have a, a mini sweep. A little sweep of the uh, the St. Louis Cardinals. Like I said yesterday, I always love beating the Cardinals. I cannot stand the Cardinals. So um, always a good day in my book when, uh, when when we have a series sweep, even if it is only a two-game series. So we're going to go over Matt Manning pitched yesterday. We're going to go over that game, uh, that outing, his performance there. His pitch mix was a little bit different, which I was very happy about. And just the overall performance of the team. In segment two, we're going to get into Jonathan Scope. What to do with them. There's a lot of arguments about... Whether to extend him, whether we should trade him because he's been so hot the last month, uh, and, and his all-star status, I guess, as well. And then segment three, we have our first edition of Throwback Thursday, which everybody was uh, resoundingly, resoundingly, is that a word? Was very much in favor for. Uh, so we're going to go into all three of those will be our segments today. First, before we get started, i got to let everybody know that this episode is brought to you by Locked On MLB, join Walking Baseball Encyclopedia, Paul Francis Sullivan, please call him Sully, every day on Locked On MLB for a unique look at both the majors, past and present, featuring exciting guest interviews, routine check-ins from around the Locked On MLB network team of local experts, and insightful analysis of the day's biggest stories. Locked On MLB is the single best source for daily baseball talk. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcast. All right, first off, like I said, we're going to go into Matt Manning. Good uh, good outing from Matt Manning, another really solid outing. He was an out away from a quality start, actually, which is uh, phenomenal. That That's amazing, obviously, second start of his career. And, uh, and already getting close to quality starts. Uh, two runs again today. That's two runs given up in both of his outings. One of them was a home run to Nolan Arenado. Another one was just hitting him around. Um, and then just the really weird, I guess we can touch on it because it's the story of baseball at the moment. The, uh, the check-ins, the sticky substance check-ins that everyone around the league has to do very often. Max Scherzer with his, uh, that was the, the big one. He was very dramatic <laughs> about the whole thing, getting checked three times in a game. Uh, was not very happy about any of the three. I thought he was going to kill an umpire. Um, Matt Manning. As he's walking off the field, getting pulled first out in Comerica Park, first major league win, a really solid performance, and he has to unbuckle his pants in front of the entire city of Detroit. This is just weird, man. It's just weird. All of it's weird. I And, and Manfred came out today and said he, he felt like it was going really well. The first two days were going really well. I don't know if that just means he hasn't caught anyone yet, and that's why it's going well, but like no one's happy about it. Literally nobody is happy about it. No pitcher is happy about it. All of them are giving the umpires massive attitude. The post game, everyone thinks it's a joke, basically, and it kind of is. The, the The amount of times we're randomly checking is is ridiculous. Um, and, and obviously, like I said, the, the climax, the biggest story was the, uh, the Max Scherzer and Joe Girardi incident. But Matt Manning obviously passed with flying colors, and here we are. So the big thing with him yesterday was the pitch mix. It was 
noticeably different. So the fastballs, he still used fastballs a ton, still more than really any other pitch comfortably. Uh, was in the 60%, this time mid-60s, I believe. Uh, and in his debut, he almost was throwing like 80% fastballs. It was it was unbelievable. But So still very heavily reliant on the fastball, but not quite as much. He threw the slurve a little bit more. And the f- most fun part, we kind of talked about it on yesterday's show, uh, the preview show. I, I wanted to see him throw it earlier in counts. I wanted to see him mix it in more. Not just have it be, a, oh, I have two strikes on a guy. I can I can afford to, if this pitch gets away from me or if he spits on it, I can afford to have a ball in this count. I wanted him to attack people with it, and he did. He threw it a lot earlier in counts. I was beyond impressed with it. The pitch still looks good. His command across the board still needs a little bit of work. Um, as we talked about, this is a guy who I don't think anybody in the Tigers organization expected him to be here on June 23rd, 24th of this year. So anything is extra credit. And he's had two really solid starts. The fastball, uh, like I said, threw it a lot, which was great. However, the velocity on it was down, which kind of concerns some people. It's clearly not an injury thing. Uh, he, he, he's fine. There's no report of him not being fine. And he, he went out and almost pitched six innings. Um, but it was from the first inning on, it was the entire game. The velocity was down a couple miles an hour. Um, and in the first inning he was, you know, high eighties, low nineties even. Uh, and then he kind of found a groove there later and was comfortably in the low nineties, but never got up to that, that 95, 96 tick that, uh, that he kind of flirted with in his debut. I don't know if that's an adrenaline thing. I, I have watched his Toledo starts in, in, this is the anomaly, not his MLB debut. The anomaly is not uh, is not today. Or the anomaly is not the debut, rather. Sorry. The, the anomaly is not his first start when he was around that 93-95 range. That's where he's been sitting. Uh, and, and today, it was it, he worked his way up, like I said, and, and kind of got a little bit stronger there. But in the first inning especially... Uh, he started off pretty slow, so something to keep an eye on for sure. You obviously want people to come out the gate and uh, and and have kind of their legs under them. Verlander was the king of like you know in the first couple of innings, I'm gonna throw mid 95 to 97, and then in the seventh inning I'm gonna hit 100. Obviously, I'm not gonna try and compare Matt Manning to Justin Verlander. That being said, there's something to there's some, I feel like I'm saying said too much. There's something to be said for uh, him going out there and, and kind of pumping low 90s and then maybe working his way up to mid 90s rather than low high 80s in today's day and age is just not going to get it done too many times unless you have pinpoint accuracy uh, a la any Chicago Cubs starter at the moment. Uh, unless your accuracy and command is, is on point, it's very hard to have that low of a velocity and uh, and really be super successful, especially with the with the curve that he has and the changeup. It'd be really nice if he sat around the mid 90s. So definitely something to keep an eye on for. Overall, though, I was incredibly impressed. Yet again, uh, had the benefit for sure of a couple of really hard hit balls going right at people. Um, it, he had that in his first start too. He's going to have some rough starts. He only had one strikeout. He's not getting a ton of swing and misses right now. He didn't in his debut, and he and he definitely didn't uh, today. However, 
I'm not going to be mad with almost a quality, you know, an out away from a quality start. I'm not going to be upset at, at the performance he gave. Only two runs. We, we won the game comfortably. Uh, solid, solid, fun game. And, and Manning should be very, very happy with his performance. No, uh, not going to lose too much sleep over him not being able to miss too many bats. That is something going forward, though, that he'll have to work on. I think a lot of that does come with pitch mix because he's just throwing the fastball so much, and it's working. So, like, you know, more power to you. I'm, you know, I'm not going to be the one to stop you if it's working. If he gives up two runs every start, I'm going to be a pretty happy camper if that's just what, you know, what he does. Um, So, obviously, if the fastball is working and getting you out and getting you relatively soft contact, keep going for it. But at some point, you can't throw low 90s fastballs by major league hitting forever and just keep getting away with it, no matter how good the movement is on it or no matter how good your accuracy is on it. So, he's going to have to get more swings and misses, and I think a lot of that has to do with the pitch mix and just learning how to pitch and not throw, you know, the classic cliches and all that. Um, So, I think... The good step was taken today. I liked how we threw the slurve earlier in counts at times. The changeup wasn't really something he went to too terribly often today, at least not effectively. Uh, I, w- I would like to see the changeup more. I-, I think it's very important for a starter in today's day and age to have three solid pitches. I don't think you're going too far with a two-pitch mix as a young starter in today's day and age unless that fastball is, is around 100, which it is not. So overall, like I said, very impressive. Not not going to come on here and slander him at all. Definitely some work to do. Definitely a far way away from, from that ceiling that a lot of us have for him. But a very solid Comerica Park debut. A very solid performance. And I will take it 10 times out of 10 for the kid's second ever MLB start. All right, we're going to head into our first break here on the second half. We're going to talk about the offense and specifically... Jonathan Scope, who has been on absolute fire lately. First up, though, I got to talk to everybody about Wealthfront, stonks, memes, rocket chips. Day trading can be a lot of fun, but if you want to grow your long-term wealth and make it to the moon, you should open up a Wealthfront investment account today. Decades of data shows that investors that trade individual stocks actually underperform the market every year. In fact, only 1% of day traders actually beat the market. The odds are not in your favor if you're doing this alone. Team up with Wealthfront instead. Investing can be complicated, but whether you're a beginner or you've been looking to invest for years, Wealthfront makes it easy. They have the right tools for every portfolio. Wealthfront can create a portfolio of globally diversified, low-cost index funds personalized for just you in minutes. No manual trades, no picking stocks, no watching the stock market every day. They automatically handle all the investing based on preferences that you actually control. Wealthfront can even lower your taxes that you pay as you invest. For the average client, their tax loss harvesting can more than cover the low annual 0.25% advisory fee. Best of all, it's automatic. Wealthfront is trusted with over $20 billion of assets. And you can get your first $5,000 managed for free by going to Wealthfront.com slash LockedOnMLB. To get your first $5,000 managed for free for life, go to Wealthfront.com slash LockedOnMLB. That's W-E-A-L-T-H-F-R-O-N-T dot com slash LockedOnMLB. Start growing your savings. Go to Wealthfront.com slash LockedOnMLB and get started today. All right, everybody, we are back here at the Locked On Tigers podcast. 
Segment two, we're going to go into the offense that has uh, been really was really solid in the Cardinals series. It wasn't actually that horrible in the Angels series. Uh, that was more of a, a, a pitching letdown in that series, I would say, than uh, than it was an offensive letdown as a whole, as a broader outlook. But but this series was fantastic. The Tigers obviously winning today's game six to two, or yesterday's game when you're listening to this. Uh, and, and the story is, A, Akil Badu gets another knock. He has another great game, another draws, another walk. His OPS is up to 857. But the story of the game is obviously Jonathan Scope. He is on another planet. He is leading all of baseball in the month of June in pretty much any stat you can imagine. He's leading in homers. He's leading in runs. He's leading in RBIs. He's leading in extra base hits. Pretty much any offensive stat you can you can fathom or, or think of in your brain, Jonathan Scope is leading for the month of June. Beyond impressive. Now, this is where now he's been so good that the fan base starts to divide, right? It happens every year. The trade deadline gets closer. And the big debate comes of who we trade and who we don't trade. You trade Jonathan Scope. I'm sorry. You do. He's not a young prospect. He's not a young kid. He is not part of the long-term plan of this team. We have signed him to two one-year deals in a row. And he has been great. He's filled a hole. He's been a good bat in the lineup. He's probably won us some games that we wouldn't have won had we not signed him, especially in the month of June of 2021. But you trade him. Makes no sense to hold on to him. He's not a long-term piece. His contract literally ends at the end of the season. And and if he even stays remotely as hot as he is, we are not going to be the team that extends him or or pays him the money that he is going to, to want or that his agent is going to want him to make. There's no scenario where it makes sense that we keep him. He's 29. He'll be 30 next year. We have this new wave of incoming minor league talent coming up. All the kids are starting to come up. He doesn't play a premier position. And he will never be as hot as he is right now, probably for the remainder of his career. You got to trade him. And and the better he does, great. The, The bigger the return can be. But your logic can't be, oh, I don't want to trade him because I know we're not going to get anything in return because Alavila sucks. Alavila's our GM, whether you like it or not, man. I don't like it. I, I don't. Th- I I have been very critical of the re- Avila regime uh, immensely over the last five years. I think he has done a ton wrong, and and he might fumble the bag with this too. There, there's. I have no reason to believe he won't. To be honest with you. But that can't be, you can't just not make moves because you're afraid our, our GM's going to get fleeced. That's just not, his value will never be higher. You got to trade him. You got to hope that we get something for him. We'll get some B-level prospects. He, he He's not even, he's not even going to garner like a top 100 prospect in baseball. Even with as hot as he's been because he's a 30-year-old first slash second baseman that's on an expiring deal. He's going to be a free agent. You got to move him. You got to move him. That being said, love him to death. Absolutely has been in fuego. 
You should be voting for him for the All-Star game. I'll continue to push that and try to help the, the Tigers Twitter account out to get someone on the board for this All-Star voting in a Tigers uniform. Uh, we, we Obviously, we have to get one representative, and it's, it's starting to look like Jonathan Scope is going to be ours this year, and I would not be mad at that at all. That being said, you still got to move him. You still got to move him. The other offensive uh, piece that was really hot this week was Daz Cameron. Caught off to a kind of a slow start in his uh, in it, when he got first called up. His first couple of series wasn't wasn't seeing the ball super well. Um, but this past series tore the cover off the ball. Actually hit pretty well the last two games, I believe, of uh, in Anaheim as well. And uh, his OPS in the last, like, it's a very small sample size, but I'm just showing how much he's improved. Uh, it, I think on Saturday it was in the 400s, and now it's in the 800s. So you can, again, really small sample size, but I'm just showing the growth that he's had over the last few games. Not growth, that's that's way too dramatic. The uh, the improvements that he's had at the plate over the last two games have been, uh, have been working. Whatever adjustments he's made has been working. He loves that right center field gap in Comerica. He lives there. He lives there. All his homers are out there. His extra base hits are out there. The dude loves taking it to right center field. Um, but he had a great game, made a solid play defensively too. He's electric on the base paths. If he can be a slightly above average hitter, he is going to be an electric factory. The kid is so exciting. He's so fun to watch. He's always been one of those guys in the minors where if, if when he's on, he is one of the most exciting people to watch in this entire organization. It's just a matter of keeping him on when he gets on. He's been he's been a very streaky up and down professional career up to this point. I would love love nothing more than for him to just stay hot, keep the pedal on the metal. The other fun stat was that now the the Cameron family, the Cameron father-son duo of, of Mike Cameron and Daz Cameron is now the the only father-son tandem to both steal on Yadier Molina in their careers. And that makes me very happy because, uh, I, again, not a big Yadi fan, not a big Cardinals fan. I just thought it was really funny and a really fun stat. I can't give credit. I, I don't know. I saw it about a million times on my timeline. So I, I don't know who originally found that out, but props to them. That's a that's a very, very fun stat. That, that made me very happy. So Daz stays hot. Scope is, is it's really not far-fetched to go on the hottest hitter on the planet currently. He In the month of June, like I said, he literally leaves in all offensive categories, which is awesome. Uh, and again, when it when when it comes down to it at the deadline, you got to trade him. If this team was competitive, if we were in a, a wild card race or in a division race, it would be a totally different conversation. But we are still at the bottom half, the really just the the bottom two of this division. We're going to be fighting it out there all year for the remainder of the year, um, and it makes no sense to hold on to him. So you got to move him, but. The hotter he swings the stick, the more the return gets. So stay hot, Jonathan Scope. And and, and if he's our representing the All-Star game, that would be awesome. That'd be a really cool thing, especially for how much people forget how much he was struggling at the beginning of the year, and now he's just an absolute fire. Awesome, awesome, awesome story. Awesome guy. Seems like a really cool guy. And uh, I would love nothing more than for him to represent us at the All-Star break. 
All right, and speaking of break, we are going to head into our, our final ad break here and uh, and then get into Throwback Thursday. But first, I got to talk to everybody about betonline.ag. BetOnline is the fast and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing. You can track all the action at BetOnline. Get all the latest news, odds, and info of all your sporting needs, including the MLB, NBA, NHL, even your UFC, MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their deep runs in the playoff. I just watched a crazy ending to the Islanders game right now, and the Hawks for that matter. Just great sports all around, some great soccer today, and you can get all this info and sports betting needs at BetOnline.com. AG. Head to the website, use your mobile device today, and sign up and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit using promo code LOCKEDON. That's promo code LOCKEDON for a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, and lastly, I'm going to talk to everybody about our friends over at rockauto.com. This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto with the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible to you. It's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Save time and money when using rockauto.com. Why choose to spend 30%, 50%, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck and write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com all right we are back here at the locked on tigers podcast our last segment for the day and everybody was super pumped and super uh super open about how much they liked the idea of throwback thursday so we're gonna go we're gonna do it i don't know whether i want it to be like a I don't say his name for a while and you guys like, you know, don't know. And then you're guessing until I reveal who it is or if it's just like an in-depth breakdown or maybe a little bit of both. I don't know. We'll, we'll try it out here. So we signed this tiger at 17 years old in 2008. Okay. He was a double a Eastern league MVP in 2014 35 home runs and an 861 OPS. So if if you're keeping track at home, no, he did not walk very much and and he did not at any level. And I think that it was one of the big detriments to, uh, to his career, not panning out quite how everybody thought it would. Uh, Not a very patient hitter up there at the plate, but when he ran into one, he, he sure as hell ran into one in 2015 going into the season. He was ranked the exactly the number 100 prospect in all of baseball. Not a very good fielder. Not very good with the glove over in the corner outfield position. 
He got called up. He was kind of up and down replacing people that were hurt for 2015 and 16. Um, this was also, you have to remember, not a very good farm system at all in that time period. That time period of, of Tigers baseball lacked a farm system whatsoever. That was the end of the Nombrowski era. We had really had no prospects whatsoever. And, uh, and this guy was at the top of most organizational prospect rankings. Like I said, he was he was our only top 100 prospect at the time and was ranked right at 100. I guess Derek Hill might have technically still been in there. Um, I, I'd have to double check. But I know that this was a, a... If you looked at rankings of organizational prospects, we would have been in the bottom two at this time period. A very weak farm system uh, that, that Dave obviously kind of left with. But this guy, I believed in him personally. This is someone that I had a lot of faith in, and in high school, me was very high on. I thought he was going, he was going all the way, and he was going to be one, like our cleanup hitter, our three hitter for years to come. Uh, this is before I kind of realized how important drawing walks were, and now I'm 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 in love with hitters that draw walks. In his time with the Tigers, going up and down, we'll take a look specifically at 2016 in June of 2016. This man hit 324 with four homers and had an 1100 OPS. And I remember this was my senior year after my senior year of high school. This is the summer before my freshman year of college. And I remember being just so excited about him and so pumped that it was finally coming to fruition. He was finally hitting the cover off the ball. Then July of 2016 happens, and in the month of July, he bats 130 with a 428 OPS, along with horrific defense in right field. Gets sent back down, spends all of 2017 in AAA. Um, Brad Osmus at the time said that he wanted him to, to go back and be somewhere where he could work on his defense in a low-pressure environment, not right into the big leagues. Little did he know that in the second half of 2017, this team would be absolutely horrid and, and he would almost be managing an 100-loss baseball team. But we still had some pieces at the first half of 2017 before we traded everyone away. So his logic is, is was I'm not going to give Brad Osmus credit very often, but, but that at least kind of makes sense. Then he went down to AAA in 2017 and had a 677 OPS. Still was a young kid, but could not figure out how to have patient professional at-bats. It was really just when he happened to run into one, the ball was cranked. He was a big man, six foot seven, over there in right field. Uh, so the Tigers and him gets off the 40-man, elects free agency. No one picks him up. So he goes over to the Japan League, the NPB. So he slowly starts finding some success. He slowly starts improving. His numbers are better over there than they were over here, especially even in his AAA year over here into his last season in 2017. Then 2020 rolls around. He has a 900 OPS in 2020. Uh, had a very productive season. He's still only 29 years old. He is currently rocking a 722 OPS. Japan League still and actually he's teammates with former Baltimore Oriole legend Adam Jones which I think is super funny um, for those who haven't gotten already this is one Stephen Moya 
one of my uh, one of my most wrong predictions, uh, I guess you could say, in my in my life in my baseball fandom was Stephen Moya would be the man. I, I was super high on him. I I thought he was legit. Uh, that was again really before I fully submersed myself and in, in how important patient at bats were and how important walk rates were to a hitter. Um, and and his strikeout numbers were through the roof, and his walk numbers were very low. He would he would the fact that you could hit thirty five plus home runs and have an eight sixty OPS. You're not even close to a nine hundred OPS with thirty five homers. Um, that's 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 kind of impressive to be honest with you. So not very good contact numbers when it wasn't hard when it wasn't a homer either. Um, just just. I really, he's still only 29. You never know. You never know. No, I'm, I'm playing. Obviously, he's not coming back. But I'm glad that he kind of found a second win over in Japan. Kid deserves it. Um, I actually watched with, uh, went down with my mom's side and watched him play, I want to say in 2013 or 14 down in, uh, when he was a West Michigan white, or he might have been a, I might have been in Florida. It might have been a Lakeland Flying Tigers game. It was one of the single-A affiliates uh, and watched him play and just saw this massive 6'7", 250, 60-pound kid cranked a homer in the game we went to, Everybody signing autographs and stuff after the game, and, and I was convinced. I was convinced, whatever I was, 15, 16-year-old me was absolutely convinced that he was the second coming, and, and him and Miguel Cabrera were going to bat uh, back-to-back and, and just be – a menace for years to come, uh, and then little did I know, within like three years of seeing that game, he would not even be playing on this continent. But Stephen Moya, one of my favorites. Um, note, I think what I note him, or like what Tiger moment I, I remember him the most in, is that Rays comeback. Uh, that that Rays, you know, it was the ninth inning, and we were down five runs, six runs in the ninth and came back and won the game. I Honestly, I don't even know if he was actually playing that day. I, I would have to look. I don't even know if he was actually playing, but I know there's a shot in the dugout where Justin Upton and Cameron Maben are high-fiving, like all, all the teammates and stuff and everybody in the dugout. And Stephen Moya's big ass with his crazy big hair is just standing in the dugout. And I, for whatever reason, I always associate him to that moment. And I don't even know if he was actually playing. I, I don't remember that that entire ninth inning uh, th- well enough to know if he actually like did, <laughs> did anything in that outing. But I always associate him because I know in that highlight of them coming back, he's he's in it like three different times because he's impossible to miss because he's just such a large human being. So hopefully he can get those that 722 OPS up this year and uh, he can actually kind of, he's still only 29. He could have a whole career out there for all we know. That'd be super cool. But, uh, but that is our first edition of Throwback Thursday, Stephen Moya, 17 years old out of the, uh, out of the Dominican League. In 2008. Wow. Crazy, crazy. All right, before we end here, I want to let everybody know that they should go and check out the Locked On Today podcast. 
topic today. The Atlanta Hawks continue to roll in the postseason. Just finished watching that game before I hopped on here to record, actually. And it was sensational. Trey Young is the man. Ice Trey, baby. Um, awesome game. Awesome game. Get more of the sports news you need and less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. All right, I think that'll do it here at Locked On Tigers. Thank you so much for listening yet again. My responses continue to be great. Thank you for, for all the feedback people are giving me. It's awesome. I really appreciate it. It, it helps, me, helps me be better, which helps the listenership be better, and that's really the, the biggest goal. Um, the segments, everybody was super responsive about that and saying whether they liked all my segment ideas, and I think we're going to try and roll with all of them, so we'll see kind of how they go. That means tomorrow you'll get a prospect report, which will be super cool. And yeah, we also kick off a series against the Astros, who are like the hottest team in baseball and haven't won in, or haven't lost in two weeks or something ridiculous. So that'll be fun. But we have A.J. Hinch, and we all know that uh, A.J. Hinch, man, that Houston series at the beginning with Mize and stuff, that's uh, that was the first, that was the most I wanted to win a game in, in a very long time. So hopefully some of that energy can come back. Until then, I will see you guys tomorrow. Peace and love. Going to Therapy's Dope. And uh, yeah, I'll catch you tomorrow. Go Tigers, baby.